Give me some verses here, and they're pretty powerful. Okay? I mean, they're almost scary. <laughs> All right. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. You notice that it's, love and good works is not automatic, folks. We need one another. You know what I mean? We need to inspire each other. Uh, you know, it, toward that direction. And he says that is accomplished by not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, as the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. How many think it's a little later today than it was yesterday? And maybe a little later than what it was when uh, the writer wrote that passage of scripture? So, you know, I think the, the urgency of it, you know what I mean, it, it, you know, it should increase. Should increase in our perspective and, and, and uh, uh, our gratefulness, uh, you know, and, and not just that, but that our role in the thing, okay? I can't do anything about those that have passed on, you know, but I can do something, you know, uh, uh, beneficial to those that, that are and those that are following me. Okay, because the day is fastly approaching. What day, what day is that? The day of the Lord? You know, the day of this thing, you know, just kind of wrapping up. Uh, you know, and, and we won't have that day anymore, that opportunity to do it. You know, and, 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 and what will have been done will be, will be written. Okay? You know? Uh, when, 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 when life ends, you don't get to add to anything anymore. Well, that's the record of it, okay? All right. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy. How would you like to be there? <laughs> On the testimony of two or three witnesses. Now listen. Of how much worse punishment. Did I read that right? Do you suppose will be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot? Counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified. So this is not the sinner. This is the believer. by which he was sanctified a common thing. Just a common. Some translations call it unholy. And insulted the spirit of grace. Next one. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard. Don't lose your joy today, all right? Lest we drift. For if the words spoken by angels Prove steadfast. 
And every <coughs> I was reading on. <laughs> okay, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? I did not write that. It's not a fearful message. Okay? The title of our message today is The Peril of Neglect. The Peril of Neglect. Think about it. To neglect is to fail to care properly. To not give due attention. It's to treat as just common. It's not, it's losing the value of something. It's called a great salvation. Much greater than the law. The voice, much greater than angels. The voice of the Son of God. Failure to give proper priority. To give that attention to it that's needed. You see, the Bible doesn't just come with promises, but it also includes some warnings. Salvation is not simply about our eternal destiny, but it's about our earthly purpose. Our earthly purpose. I'm sure and I believe that as we look at things, we can see the damage and the peril of neglect. Not just in the spiritual realm, but neglect when people neglect their marriages, when people neglect their homes. In the natural sphere, when we neglect our bridges, we neglect our roads. When we neglect care, uh, care, some of the automobiles that we drive, if we neglect care of them, they start to deteriorate. That neglect has destroyed homes and families. 
that neglect, you know what I mean, uh, can ruin men's souls because, you know, it leaves potential that is untapped. Proverbs in 18.9 says this, that this, you know what I mean? It says, he was slothful in his work as as a brother to him who is a great destroyer or someone that has neglect. Proverbs 24, 30 and 34 says, I went by the field of a lazy man, by the vineyard of a man devoid of understanding, and there it was, all overgrown with thorns, neglect. Its surface was covered with nettles and stones. Wall was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. In other words, I, I, I was able to grasp the message that it was trying to tell me. The peril of neglect. I concluded that a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And so poverty comes like a prowler. Your need like an armed man. The peril of neglect. The book of Hebrews talks about neglect of the most worst kind. The neglect regarding our salvation. How shall we escape if we neglect our, sal our salvation? He's not talking about your eternal destiny. He's talking about that we don't get off scot-free without having to give an account. And so he gives us this warning. He says that there are two arenas, transgression and disobedience, that received, will receive, and I mean a just reward regarding it, or should I say, not doing it. First of all, transgression means when God says, thou shalt not. That's transgression. And when God says, thou shalt not, and we don't follow thou shalt not, he has to come alongside of us. And then it says, and disobedience. Disobedience is when God says, thou shalt. So one is when thou shalt not. The other one is thou shalt. In other words, the, 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 the commission. God says, this is what I want you to do. Peter wrote this, stay alert, 
Watch out for your great enemy. The devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stay alert. He says you need to give attention to our faith and our salvation. You see, when you neglect the word of salvation, when it loses its premium value, you in essence are neglecting Jesus because he is salvation. He's the one that spoke it. He is the only one that can rescue us, and so we must not neglect him. He says that this salvation should be of greatness in our mind, in our thought life. Because our, 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 our natural life is really connected to our spiritual life. It was John that said, I would that thou would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Now it's possible to prosper in those areas without your soul prospering. But God loves that the, that the three are connected. Just as your house and your yard, it it needs attention, so does our faith and our salvation. If we neglect it. That is to, to lose the sense of its value, the sense of its hope, the purpose. The thing of it is that Spiritual neglect is one of the easiest sins to commit. It requires no effort and it offers no resistance. How shall we escape if we neglect? So great a salvation. to value that gift that we've received because it's a gift. And you know one of the reasons why that we neglect it is tied to the fact that it is just that, a gift. It's a gift. You don't have to put anything into it by and large. You know, obviously, you know, you got to have faith and you got to hear, you got to do all of that, but you receive this gift of salvation. And so he's encouraging us that over time we, we don't lose the value and the attention that Salvation and its purpose is supposed to render in our 
lives. It's, it's actually, he said, you're supposed to treat your salvation like a treasure. For we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Yeah. It's possible to sign on, he says, to salvation and then literally kind of file it in a drawer. For once in a while, you just pull it out. No. Should be in the headlines. The forefront. It's, he said it should have a daily effect upon your mind and also, you know what I mean, a consciousness of living. He says there are those that, that go through life and they just kind of trod it underfoot. Well, the blood covers me. And they act like it's no big deal. Just a, you know, a little complacency settles in. It's not some great sinfulness, no. But just simple neglect, he says. Simple neglect. I think that it says that being a Christian is serious business. It's serious business. Oh, yes, it's joyful business. It's peaceful business. It's righteousness business. But, hey, it is serious business. Because salvation is not something we do. It is what we are who we are. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, the Apostle Paul writes and says, you know what I mean? Don't give the devil any territory. Neither give place to the devil. Don't give him an opportunity to do any business in your life. Shut every door. Every window, seal him out. Don't give him any access into your life. Don't let the fleeting pleasures deflect and reduce the high place that salvation should have in our lives and how it should energize and shape our lives. Some of the neglects might be, don't neglect the love of God. Don't neglect the sacrifice of Christ as we read in there. Don't neglect the indwelling Holy Spirit. They insult him. Don't neglect the radiance of God's glory in your life. Don't neglect obeying God's word. 
we read the scripture, don't neglect the gathering together. Don't neglect. And in the scriptures there, he says, the first thing we need to do is not neglect the word of God that has been preached or is written. Therefore, give the more earnest heed to things we have heard, lest we drift. Let me tell you this, church, and you already know it. But there is no autopilot for the life of the believer. You have to give attention to it. Not to get saved, but to work out your soul's salvation with fear and trembling. To not just benefit yourself, but to benefit the very purpose of Christ's coming. The very mission that he came for. Pay attention, he says to the voice of history. He said, listen, when God told them something and they didn't go ahead and do it, there was consequences. Consequences. And if there was consequences for the voice of angels, he assures us there's consequences for neglecting the voice of God. I don't know about you, it helps me to hear. <laughs> it gives me a little tune-up. Not because I go around, I'm afraid of what God's going to do, but because of who he is and what he's done and the love by which he did it. The love by which he's doing it. Why he forgives us not just so we can be forgiven, but so we can do better. Neglect. Now here, you're here this morning, and so, you know, why would I preach a message to you about neglect? Well, I'm gonna keep you from neglecting down the road, all right? <laughs> because it can creep in. There's no autopilot. We pay attention or we get off course. We can lose our passion. We can lose our fire. We can lose our heart for Christ. Sometimes people crash because they neglected. Peter he crashed because he neglected. Here's what it says. He followed him from a distance. He sat in the courtyard and not the inner city, inner part of the, 
the temple. He was out by the gateway. He wasn't following close. And then the last of it was, he says, he began to curse. You've got to take your stand besides Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes. See, it's not a matter of being lost. It's the race is lost. The race is lost. Salvation demands our attention. The gospel demands our participation. Yes. Take your stand. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. The Apostle Paul writes to Timothy and he says, Lay hold of eternal life and pursue after it. He's not talking about being saved and so you get salvation, but he's talking about your service. Make sure that you have an eternal compensation. You can't do anything to add to the salvation. But you can add to your eternal compensation. Amen? Persevering in our service of Christ. The story to the church in Revelations in chapter two that was Ephesus, he says, they neglected their first love. I'm so glad that he is a recovery God. What did he say? And every one of them, when he just points it out, you know what I mean? For them to be careful and, 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 and recognize really what's going on the area of neglect. He says the great turnaround is just you go ahead and repent. You see, there's two people. Peter and Judas. Peter recovered by repentance. Judas did not recover because he failed to repent. Hallelujah. Lay hold of eternal life. Don't neglect so great a salvation. Hallelujah. Paul said, walk worthy of the vocation and the calling of your life. the peril of neglect. And so he sends us this word 
to help us pay better attention. To give more honor. To respect the cross of Jesus more highly. To be grateful for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. To, to adhere to the words of Jesus that he's spoken. For if the words of angels received a just pence of reward, So that's regarding our service and our appreciation for our salvation. But let's talk about another area. It's called the neglect of the gift. Not the gift of salvation, but God's investment in you and I. Paul wrote to Timothy and said, don't neglect the gift that is within you, which was given to you. <clears throat> He's saying, Timothy, don't fail to exercise it. Use it. Develop it. We all have gifts different. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12. In verse 6, he says, use them. Verse 7, let's use it. And then he says, whenever you're doing it, do it really with, you know, with passion. Those that lead, he says, you know, lead with diligence. Paul wrote about, he says, and he said that, that people need to see your progress. You were this, but now you're this. Hallelujah, praise God. Well, Pastor, you know, it's, your gospel's got too much works in it. Paul's telling to me, he said, live up to your God-given potential. Fan the flame of the gift of God which is in you. Man, this is the preacher. He's not only a preacher, he's a pastor. Modern terminology. Hey, Timothy, you're laying down on the job. He's saying your area of service can be neglected, for to one is given. First Peter chapter 4, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. 
as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Oh, hallelujah. Paul received gifts. It can be beneficial and profitable. You have the story of the of the talents. The one, the five, and the ten. Let's face it. Everybody doesn't get ten. Ten's a lot of work, let me tell you. You develop ten. You grow ten. Five. Ah, we can all handle one, can't we? Huh? We can handle, you know what I mean? Taking the one that we've given. And I don't think, you know, I'm not saying we only got one. But he didn't value it. He didn't see the potential. He didn't see the possibility. And so he just neglected it. He just preserved it. God says, you're not just preserving your salvation. You're not just preserving your gift. You're not just preserving your position. Remember, blocks do not make a building. But joining them together does. Amen? And I ask for musicians to come this morning. <coughs> when people's neglect turns to God's regret. When people's neglect leads to God's regret. Gen Genesis 6 and 6. And the Lord was sorry that he made man on earth. And he was grieved in his heart. 1 Samuel 15 with regard to Saul, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as king. For he has turned his back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel and he cried out to the Lord. Samuel had a grief and God had a regret. God's regret does not involve his remorse over his own failure. But rather man's failure to be what he called them to be. He regretted 
God doesn't wish that he had done it differently. No, he wishes that man would have done it differently. God's activity in the world is subject to change and allows for those personal relationship decisions for decisions that we make in our life. That conflict of God's will, God's way, God's word, God's assignment between what he designed and then how mankind responds to God's design. Now I've given you extreme examples. And every setting is not extreme. Peter had regret. But he recovered from his regret. Judas too had regret. But he didn't recover. From his regret. Consider. Both Judas and Peter were friends of Jesus. Both were called to be apostles. Both men regretted their actions. But only Peter turned in the right direction. He was forgiven. But he not only was forgiven, he was commissioned. Hallelujah. He was commissioned. I contend that repentance is one of the, the most powerful gifts that we've been given. Not just before salvation, but after salvation. Thank you, Jesus. It was David. Psalms 51. It writes about regret 
of repentance. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According to the multitude of your mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions. And my sin is ever before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Amen. The peril of neglect. We could expand and expand. We live in a nation. That is, whose walls are broken down, whose tenants have defiled the tenants of the living God, who no longer give heed to the voice of the Son of God. Years of neglect, generations of neglect. But there is hope with God. Paul Center Church, if our future and your future holds the best is yet to come. It will only be made possible as we learn not to neglect. I should rephrase that. I didn't like that. I'm not saying you neglected. But as we pay better attention is we give ourselves more fully. Amen. As we go ahead and revere this great salvation. Salvation that's greater than the law that came down by the hand of Moses and the glory was so great that he had to put a veil upon him. The glory of your salvation is greater. It shines more, it's more effective, has more power. So let us honor our great salvation. Let us engage more fully and more completely the gifts that God has given us in the role that we have in life, both outside the church and in the church as individuals and as a body together.
When God's going to do a great work, He begins with us. Amen. Yes, we do. So remember what it says. Let us therefore give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, lest we drift away. All right? How shall we escape? We don't want an unfavorable time with the Master. If we neglect so great a salvation. Hallelujah. Nothing greater for church. Nothing greater in your life than the salvation. Amen. Nothing greater for the church than the salvation. Praise His holy name. And that's what we're about. Praise God. We, we have agendas, but agenda number one is the priority. Hallelujah of the kingdom. God bless you. Didn't the worship team do a great job today? God, as David said. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Pass it along. All right. Tell them, hey, don't neglect. Use your gifts. God bless you in Jesus' name.